guys. Uh, just decided to do a random uh, stream tonight, uh, especially uh, given the recent uh, uh, community uh, situation involving the last Season 17 lecture. But uh, actually, uh, I wanted to touch on something that's really been uh, on my mind, uh, especially the last two weeks. And it's actually very pertinent to the uh, discourse that... Uh, uh, and the discussion that the community uh, within the CSJ community has actually been having as a result of the recent uh, Season 17 lecture. So I wanted to uh, take a moment to highlight uh, some of those points uh, definitely uh, before uh, continuing on. And uh, it has to do a lot with, uh, you know, a certain point of view. And yeah, I, I realize I just went like super Star Wars on you right now just to like say that. But I think it's absolutely necessary uh, to underscore uh, the point or, or the reason behind, you know, a certain point of view. Uh, but we're going to get to that in a minute. But before I begin, uh, well, before I do get to that, I, I would like to uh, take the time to uh, make my um, computer or laptop very silent so it doesn't randomly beep while I'm talking, because, uh, you know, that's what it likes to do. So hopefully uh, we can uh, mute myself in the process here. Cool. I'm going to stop. put that to a stop. <laughs> so, uh, of course, everyone's messaging me all at once because they want to get their, uh, you know, sound in on the live stream. Okay, fair enough, I guess. But uh, anyway, so, but before I get into that discussion, uh, to kind of like uh, social things, I would like to highlight an open letter that I had written and produced for the community earlier today. I did an essay when I woke up this morning and uh, I was not in exactly, uh, you know, the best state of mind. I'm on, um, I just started day five of my, uh, my, my fast and since being in the hospital. So uh, I guess I was hangry this morning, but that's not an excuse either. I still stand by what I said, but uh, some people were like, oh, you know, your delivery's not ideal. But then again, wait a minute, when is my delivery ever ideal, right? So, okay, fair enough. It's a fair point, but I really want to underscore some uh, really important points. And uh, one of those points says basically, you know, the foundation of my open letter to the CSJ community so that we actually like can be on the same page, right? And it goes as follows. Um, everyone is biased. Everyone is a hypocrite. Everyone is prejudiced. And we're going to talk about more about that later. And I'm no different. I would be foolish to think otherwise. I mean, I am human, right? I mean, we're all human. Yeah, I get that, you know, I'm a, a public figure who's potentially becoming a celebrity and whatnot. But, you know, and people, you know, assume that the rules are different for some reason. And the answer is not. Like, the only difference between myself and somebody else is someone choosing to work hard and someone choosing not to work hard. Because remember, like, if you're talking about the fable, the tortoise and the hare, I mean, I'm not the hare. I'm not like the super talented person. I'm actually the tortoise who's actually just putting in hard work. I work 12-hour days every single day without getting paid, and, and it's for the sake of this community, and there's a reason why I do that, um, and it's because I actually care, and that's one of the reasons why I deliver as much criticism as I do to the community. Um, but before I get more into that, uh, I would like to at least share my letter publicly in this uh, uh, video audio format and then because the written format is already out there because I think it's necessary for people 
to hear it in my voice. So I'm, I'm definitely going to um, um, give everyone that opportunity. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, so yeah, um, when it came to the recent Wayfair lecture, I had to find a place to list uh, that much criticism since it was long overdue. Oftentimes, I'm accused by almost everyone for being overly negative and hating on one specific type. Uh, Wayfarers are my golden quadra, and one could argue that I know their flaws better than most people. But take notice, I have spent many lectures praising them, telling INTJs they're the jack of all trades, masters of all, which, let's be straight, they can master any skill, to be honest. It's amazing, actually. Uh, telling ESFPs they can be the most brilliant mathematicians and engineers, which is also true. I mean, I remember being in school with electronics engineering technology majors and really just having the benefit of ESFPs telling me with their TE child how I need to be thinking about physics properly. And I just consistently blown away uh, on that. We're telling ISFPs their ability to make uh, uh, to take charge and min-max a factory assembly line to get closer to perfecting operations for a company. This is also true. Uh, two personal experiences on uh, in my life uh, with ISFPs. Um, I used to own a firearms manufacturing company. Yes, I was an arms dealer and a manufacturer. Uh, this is well known. I made K-pups for a living. K-pups are absolute minimum legal length uh, bullpup. Uh, shotguns. They're amazing pieces of work. And I sold them to um, uh, SWAT team members uh, uh, often be, uh, for their riot gear, etc. Uh, pretty pretty nice weapons, if I do say so myself. But the guy who ran my assembly line, who ran my shop, he was an ISFP. God bless him. He was fantastic. And he had never taken charge before. He had never considered management. He had never done it. And uh, he really fine-tuned every aspect of that assembly line, uh, you know, to, to handle it. So shout out to Justin for that. You're a good man. And then uh, uh, a former community member uh, whose husband uh, is also moving up in his shop, for example, as an ISFP, uh, taking charge and, and kicking ass while he does it. That's what it happens. But and then finally, the ENTJ's penchant for artistic capabilities, like filmmaking, it's unmatched. Okay, Ryan Johnson, right? He's a great director, and he's an ENTJ, but he's not the only ENTJ director out there, you know. Uh, but uh, I like using Ryan Johnson because he's pretty well-known, and he's pretty controversial. And I actually enjoyed Looper, although I don't agree with how he handled time travel in that film, but that's a completely different thing. Let's be straight. I mean, if we were going to do time travel properly, it would all about it would be about uh, you know like actually creating alternate realities instead of actually like oh you know this linear grandfather paradox situation. That's what I'm trying to avoid. So I disagree with uh, that film, but it's not Ryan Johnson's fault. It's probably the writing because I don't think he wrote it. But then again, he probably didn't write Last Jedi anyway. So and for some reason, people are content for blaming him for that. For some reason, yeah, no. Uh, anyway, the point is, I realized I had not spent enough time addressing the negatives when it comes to, you know, the golden, my golden quadra, the wayfarers. Uh, this was true when Railgun, my wife, exposed my bias early on in our relationship. That's what ESTPs do. They, they expose. I've been exposed by her plenty, trust me. And it took me longer to realize uh, the wayfarer, uh, to release the wayfarer uh, lecture because of the need to gather the criticisms and convey them as such. Um, oftentimes I hear, you know, ENFPs and STJs, they 
complain about you know how I'm being really unfair to them and very critical towards them you know when compared to my golden quadra especially in terms of like ISFPs and and ENTJs and then sometimes INTJs say I'm way too critical or other people will accuse me of saying I'm way too flowery towards uh, INTJs uh, my own wife has even said this many times um, and uh, uh, you know I will admit that it was difficult to gather all those criticisms, uh, you know, given all the positives and negatives of my past. Uh, furthermore, my personal psychological prejudices, such as being prejudiced against concrete types, which is something my wife brought up, it's actually entirely natural for any intuitive type to actually do, right? Let's, let's be honest. Um, but uh, in the, all of this was revealed in her process of, you know, exposing me basically for my own internal bias. Um, but um, more on that in a moment. So just because I offer people criticism does not mean that I do not love or respect you. Like, remember, guys, I'm doing this for free. Like, it's it's for you. It's It's not for myself. I mean, I'm not... This isn't the Chase show as much as it is the You show, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, just because I expose things that one does not want exposed does not mean that I do not love or respect you. I had to spend so much time being exposed myself and be being married to the one type that is the most adept at exposure, hashtag ESTPs. Uh, it is like an endless date with the gallivanting beauty known as humility herself. Let's be honest. If you want to have, if you want to fast track your way to humility, uh, get into the relationship uh, where you have the exact same uh, uh, judgment functions. Yeah, <laughs> it gets real quick. Uh, but the thing is, you know, you kind of find a byproduct of that is the internal camaraderie in that relationship. You end up having like your trickster functions actually kind of develop in certain ways that you didn't expect before. And it actually brings you closer to mastery in some cases, provided both members of the relationship are on the same page and able to utilize, you know, perhaps this psychology as a way from which they can communicate with each other and hold each other accountable in that relationship scenario. So, but anyway, um, Wayfarers, uh, which are SFP and TJ Quadra, uh, they have a purpose and that purpose is to utilize their personal freedom for the sake of achievement. But put differently, uh, that means they're treasure hunters. Uh, free, they need the freedom to pursue treasure and the freedom to choose who to share that treasure with. It's not like I expect them, it's not like I'm, you know, communists and expecting wayfarers to like, oh, you better share your treasure with anyone and you have to be grateful for every single person per se. Um, it's more that, you know, is it possible? And one of the INTJs in the Facebook public group uh, mentioned, is it possible that uh, wayfarers are forgetting some of the positive things that I've said about them in the past? And then reacting you know those wayfarers who have reacted negatively have they forgotten i don't know i'm not absolving myself when i ask that question but i thought that was you know pertinent to this discussion right so um so anyway this is why wayfarers create tools uh for themselves to aid them in their pursuit you know that's that's what they do and this is why intjs for example are like the jack of all trades master of all and they can master any skill because ultimately they're like you know they're the ranger type uh, you know, uh, kind of like, and I'm not saying that uh, Strider, aka Aragorn in Lord of the Rings is an INTJ. Um, I mean, he might be. He kind of seems more INFJ-ish to me. But the bottom line is, is that if you look at the archetype of the ranger itself, 
what does a ranger do? Like they live out in the wild. They can have like, you know, they could, they use all the tools available in the wild to achieve their goals and to eventually find their treasure. I mean, Strider did become a king. Let's be straight. And he got the, uh, the heart of his lady fair, uh, Arwen. So, I mean, why not? Right. It kind of fits, but I mean, I think he may be written more INFJ ish, but not sure. Definitely strikes INJ to me though. Uh, if I, if I, uh, had to uh, voice an opinion there, but, uh, Okay, yeah, many people say he's an ESTJ, but, I mean, if he was, he'd be taking a lot more responsibility and actually would have been on the throne a lot sooner, but that's a whole other story. Um, so, I would like to point out that wayfarers in their pursuits have a tendency to steal treasure instead of earning treasure, and even the mature wayfarers can do this, and this is the main premise behind my Season 17 lecture, as well as, you know, piling in a lot of the criticisms uh, to kind of level the playing field, uh, per se. Um, I did not offer many positives or praise uh, in, in that lecture because I've already said them previously in other lectures because I'm leading up to another lecture, which is true, which will be episode 10, which will be released after the Delta Quadras episode 9. Uh, in episode 10, I'll be identifying some additional shared strengths and weaknesses, especially in areas of covert contracts that are shared among all Quadras. Episode 10 will be taking a somewhat friendlier tone. It's because I'm going to be tying it all together. Uh, I'm going to tie it all together. And uh, because I, I guess you could kind of think of it like a, a SWOT analysis for each of the Quadras. But when they're like put together, not necessarily separate. Because everyone's got hangups, right? Everyone's got you know negative things that they have to deal with. I mean... Uh, for example, Matthew Charles Cowan on the Facebook group <laughs> listed out all of my criticisms towards the Alpha Quadra, uh, and uh, he's like, okay, yeah, that feels really painful to watch the lecture for SFJs and NTPs. I mean, it happens, you know, and I'm like, okay, sure, uh, fair enough. Uh, I, I appreciate that. You know, everyone's, uh, everyone's been taking the hits. I mean, the thing is, folks, remember, I see sort of truth, right? When I cut people down, I'm cut at the same time. You see? Like, that's everything I say. I hold myself to the same standard. I have to practice what I preach. While simultaneously admitting to all of you that I'm not perfect either. I am a human being at the same time. Which means, you know, and it's especially difficult given that I have FI trickster. But that's not an excuse either. Um, I have to be going out of my way uh, with my SI inferior to aspire to have a higher character, you know, and I thought it was really strange. I actually really thought it was strange when my wife, she'd tell me every now and then, you know, hey, you're the man with the best character I've ever met in my life. And I don't know, that really threw me to the ground when she first said that. Uh, it really, really did. Because honestly, I don't walk around believing that. I really have a hard time. Maybe it's expert feeling self-deprecation on my part. I'm not really sure about that, but uh, from her standpoint, like uh, from her point of view, she's really reinforced that uh, over and over, and it's and it's been something that's been difficult for me to accept. Uh, but I think I think it's because you know throughout the suffering that I've had in my life uh, and being able to either overcome or just keep going for the sake of keeping going to stand defiantly in the face of the cosmos trying to put me in the ditch and me trying to get out of the ditch to be able to move forward, right? That's kind of how I've really structured my life. And I've actually kind of pinned my manhood on that, basically, 
because one day I woke up and realized, you know, when I went like the actual day that I became a man, like I said previously, hey, I entered into a building and then I left uh, a boy and then I left that building a man. It was it was like it was miraculous. I know the exact moment it happened and it uh, changed me forever. Right. And it's because I came to the realization that nobody cares. Nobody actually cares about me. And I realized that I have to take responsibility for meeting my own needs and having self-respect. And it was at that moment that I basically became a man. And my entire life has been you know, structured on that standpoint. And it was even more amazing when I picked up the book, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover, to really reach that point uh, within my own journey, etc. You know what I'm saying? So it's a... Uh, it's situations like that where I'm very thankful to have been given the resources in my life, but I'm also very thankful for all those painful epiphanies as well, you know, when you're in the ditch. Oddly enough, though, that epiphany happened uh, when I was in Las Vegas at the SHOT Show uh, for my gun company, uh, but um, and also one of the reasons why I don't like going to Vegas because it was a very painful experience that I had, but a very necessary one. Um, and like I have also said in season 13, uh, you know, especially when it comes to uh, the final mature masculine and the uh, final mature feminine lectures talking about the lover archetype, according to human nurture, uh, for me personally, it's like, okay, yeah, I don't want to, um, you know, I, I don't want to be taking my pain for granted because I don't, I realize that pain is absolutely necessary in order for me to grow and change, which is why I invite as much criticism as I do, uh, you know, for, for the sake of this community, because it's funny, like, I, I actually sometimes will hire people and be like, okay, your job is to criticize me. <laughs> that way, like, I know what I'm doing, because I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really have a value system, because my value system ends up becoming overly subjective and subject to other people which is a problem and could lead to unhealthy people-pleasing behavior or that could uh, lead to me being a doormat or me being overly giving, etc. Oftentimes, I've even been criticized about being overly giving uh, even to my own YouTube community. One of, my, um, one of my previous intimate relationships, I was consistently harangued over giving so much to people and not, giving, not receiving anything in return you know, per se, and whatnot. Like, for example, I mean, I didn't even start monetizing uh, this YouTube channel until 10,000 subscribers, for example, uh, because I just, I just didn't really want it to be about the money, per se. And, and honestly, it's, it's not. Um, although, you know, that is necessary. Uh, because guess what, folks, the world runs on treasure. And it's kind of interesting because when you see Wayfarers talk about, hey, you know, uh, you didn't say anything really good about me in this lecture. And it's like, okay, I see your point. But at the same time, like, it's a little implied. Like, and I'm not making excuses here either, but treasure is treasure. The world runs on treasure. And another uh, another Wayfarer actually brought this up earlier Uh and uh, let me actually pull up her question. I think I'm actually going to answer it right now. Um, so it's Paralina's question. And then she says, which would be a more specific way other than not being shallow for the members of the Gamma Quadra to be able to trust others with the obtained treasure? 
that is absolutely uh, imperative um, because the world runs on treasure, right? And SFPs, NTJs have the capability of gaining treasure and 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 financial uh, uh, competency over anyone else. I mean, look at the ENTJ type. It's technically the richest of all the types. And there's a reason for that, right? Because it's all, you know, they get their treasure, right? Well, how do you trust, you know, certain people with that treasure, right? That's that's the key. How do you trust somebody else with that treasure? And it really comes down to uh, tests of loyalty and uh, people who are able to withstand the tests of loyalty. Now, I'm not advocating for loyalty checks, but then again, SE users don't really have a choice but to loyalty check people because they have to see whether or not they want to be invested in this person uh, to begin with. But just because, you know, you know, and I get that it's really hard to trust other people with treasure, especially with NTJs because they're systematic types. They're focused on the best way of doing something and it's a lot harder for them to trust people with their treasure. It's easier for SFPs to trust people with treasure. Why? The reason why is because they are interest-based, because they are aware of what they are getting out of a situation and what someone else is getting out of a situation. But NTJs do not have that strength. They have you know, the weakness of being systematic, although systematic is not a weakness, but let's be honest. So um, the, uh, the, the point is, uh, I'm not saying that like this quadra are bad people. I never said that. I'm saying they have the potential to become bad people. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's important to have these reminders just of how good or bad people can really get. I mean, ultimately psychology, in my opinion, is a philosophy of the human condition or the, or devotion to the study of a philosophy surrounding the human condition because if we can't understand ourselves we can't understand each other and if we can't understand each other we can't love each other in as much as us not being able to understand ourselves we can't love ourselves which is a whole other discussion and something i bring up in season six a playlist here on the youtube channel but food for thought thank you Perilena, for your question so um Anyway, let's uh, uh, let's uh, get back on track here. So in episode 10, when it releases, I'll be identifying some shared uh, strengths and weaknesses, uh, especially in areas of covert contracts uh, that are shared among all quadras. And I'm going to actually be talking about social engineering a little bit and how people are social engineering and what they're getting out of social engineering and how they naturally do that, right? So something, uh, you know, something to look and, uh, and yes, it will be a somewhat friendlier tone, but I will be speaking candidly. I mean, it is what it is. So, but anyway, don't be afraid. There's a method to my madness. I mean, if you're offended by my work, I understand. Even my own quadro, the alphas sent me letters of complaint over the content of the lecture and claimed I was being alienating. Uh, anytime anyone speaks with candor, uh, someone will inevitably feel alienated. Um, I cannot show favoritism. Uh, I have to risk, I mean, come on, that's James chapter two, you know, just, just saying. I have to risk being alienating for the sake of candor. Uh, how many people did Jesus uh, alienate? And I'm not saying that like, I'm like Jesus, cause I'm not, uh, I would not be worthy to tie his shoes, let's be straight. But what I am saying is that a lot of people felt alienated by the truth that he spoke. And there's not really much that 
can be done in that situation because people have to have the freedom to speak, you know, with candor. It's one of the reasons why George Orwell wrote the book 1984, and he talks about the concept known as the thought police. Thought police, and and I saw a meme one day saying that the ENTP's greatest nightmare is to wake up one day in a world where there's thought police and all their thoughts are being monitored and they can't help but have rebellious thoughts towards the establishment and then ultimately find themselves uh, executed as a result. Um, you know, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why TI parent exists and there's a reason why ETPs have that struggle because they can't help but think rebellious thoughts because they have to have some kind of proof in front of them as to why the rules are the way they are because rules are subjective to TE critic. And this is in social norms as well as uh, lawful, rational norms as well. There's norms on both sides, rules, etc. They're subjective to TE critic. And this is why we have to have you know, a better objective hold on things with TI parent when explaining our positions, right? So uh, anyway, I'm thankful for those of you who are Wayfarers and see the value behind my words uh, within this now controversial lecture. Um, it is for you that I do this work, uh, you know, albeit for free. Uh, he who has an ear, let him hear. Like, uh, please. Um, I freely admit, by the way, that I am biased. I, I've never said that I'm unbiased. I've never made that claim. Just because someone is biased does not mean one cannot speak with candor. Even biased people can speak objective truth. You know, that's, that's a fact. Even a young adult can uh, speak the objective truth. Even a teenager can tell the objective truth. Even a boy can tell the objective truth. Bias is just this thing people use to measure the subjective value known as credibility. And credibility is one affiliative thing that I don't care for. Someone in the Facebook group earlier, and it was very profound, basically said that credibility is just another form of ad hominem, which I was like, whoa, okay, that's cool. The stuff I say either makes sense or it doesn't, regardless of someone's values or feelings. Welcome to TE Critic. Uh, mine is much more harsh. Welcome to INTJ-focused ENTP. Again, not making excuses, but I'm not going to make apologies for who I am either. It's kind of like Martin Luther, uh, the leader of the Reformation, standing before the Inquisition. And then, you know, he's like, do you deny these accusations? And he's like, sir, I can do no other because this is just who I am. You can't, I can do no other. I cannot behave some other way, you know, uh, which, you know, understandable, you know, from a TE critic standpoint. Uh, but again, not making excuses. So I said this earlier today, and I will say it again. Uh, everyone is biased. Everyone is a hypocrite. Everyone is prejudiced. I'm no different. Um, I guess what does make me different is that I am sincere about it. There's a lot of people out there who are not sincere about these things. And my mentor earlier today, he talked to me about, you know, being indignant. My mentor, you know, I sat down with him and had a, had a discussion about this, um, about this with him. Um, and uh, he said, you know, if people get offended over criticism, you included, Chase, uh, it's because they or you haven't owned it, owned up to it yet. Um, and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. You know, because if you think about it, you know, when people are judged by other people, and I would venture, you know, the Crusader Quad is the most judgmental of all the types. 
I have stated that INFPs individually may be the most judgmental of all types because they silently judge everyone with their FI hero, which I still maintain. But if we're looking in the context of just quadras themselves, and from that, uh, from that to TE statistical slant, just within that, to, within that group itself, uh, then yeah, crusader types would be the most judgmental, the most judgy, technically. Um, it's kind of like where you get the, the Bible thumper label from. And, you know, and I'll freely admit it. Let's be honest. I, I will freely admit it. Um, so, um, but anyway, um, but anyway, the point is, is that, you know, like if, if one is being indignant and indignant, and I actually had somebody from, uh, from the community actually have this huge uh, discussion with me over Facebook Messenger over the last couple of days. We actually touched heavily on indignance, but indignance is reacting negatively to perceived unfair treatment, right? And uh, a lot of people, and that's what and that's what my mentor is trying to say is that if you get over, if you get offended by criticism, then it's because you haven't owned up to it yet. There's something that you haven't owned in your life for yourself. Uh, because you're not taking that criticism well. And then, and then he's like, that's an opportunity for you, Chase, to show humility and take responsibility for your actions uh, if you have uh, you know, made a mistake, which is something that absolutely has to be done. And I actually talk about this in the Beta Quadra lecture because within the Beta Quadra lecture, I'm telling them, hey, you can't allow your mistakes become errors because then it's hypocritical of you, Beta Quadra, because you oftentimes criticize everybody else for things that you are doing yourselves and that makes you a hypocrite remember fiery sort of truth cuts your opponent but also cuts you at the same time there's a reason for that right so i just thought that was interesting and i wanted to have an opportunity to bring that up um so uh, let's see here let's uh get back um so yeah, like everyone is biased, a hypocrite, prejudiced. I'm no different. Um, and but at least I'm sincere about it. And that's how I always approach my content is through sincerity. This audience is getting the opportunity of seeing an ENTP uh, risking the consequences of absolute sincerity. That's my job. Yeah, some people say, oh, he's just trying to be edgy or it's part of his brand to be a dick. No, it's about me being as sincere as I possibly can and really trying to ham up my virtue as, po as, as much as possible. And I get that many people don't see that as a virtue. Please watch season seven about virtue and vice. But let's be honest, each of the quadras themselves have their own virtue and vice. More about that in episode 10, let's be straight. Um, but the point is, is that like, you know, I am sincere about it, and I'm coming to this community from the point of sincerity. That's I can do no other. I have to do this. It's my duty and my responsibility. Um, so uh, to, to move on, sure, uh, people may label me this person who just speaks about impressions from others that I've had in various types instead of showing how or why. Uh, I would like to think that a lot of my previous lectures that I have released uh, definitely shows a lot of how or why, right? And I don't like having to always repeat the same things in every single lecture for all the new people that come in. I try my best, but then again, I get accused of having, hey, why are you having these 20 minute long uh, introductions? And I'm like, well, it's because it's for the new people, you know? So it, I can't make everyone happy. I try, Effie Child really tries, but I can't. Um, 
Anyway, the thing is, is that impressions as well are important and they need to be addressed. I mean, impressions about other people's behavior is necessary because everyone has struggled in their lives to understand how they themselves come off or show to others externally from themselves. People just aren't aware of how they come off to other people. And uh, all of the types are guilty of this. Why does this happen? It happens because of prejudice. And I'll talk about that in a little bit here. So these impressions come from uh, our nature and nurture as a direct result. Guys, do you honestly believe that I walk around thinking all wayfarers behave this way on a daily basis? You know, the, the way that I had mentioned in my, my season 17 lecture. Um, hell no. Uh, the truth is that I walk around thinking all wayfarers have the potential to behave this way. And it needs to be discussed because of that potential, right? I mean, uh, would, um, um, I mean, think of all of like the, the financial disasters, like, like Enron, for example, and example, if, if this behavior was more discussed at a, at a larger stage and maybe even taught in schools and these risks and whatnot, do you think people would have potentially behaved differently and people's retirements would still exist to this day? You know, would not have society been better, right? Um, and that's one of the reasons why it's important to even talk about impressions within my own internal introverted sensing experience because I can provide the anecdotes to support my suppositions. And the thing is, is that if you disagree with me, great. Please disagree with me. Go out there, create your own anecdotes and test what I'm saying. Remember, I just want it to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, then don't listen to me or ask a question or go experiment and find for yourself. Hold me accountable. It's okay. I, I want that accountability. I want that criticism. Just realize that if my TI parent disagrees with you, I'm going to call you to the floor and hold you accountable as well because that's fair. I'm a crusader type. After all, I'm obsessed with fairness, right? So uh, moving on. People assume I was too easy on alphas or the Templars. I do venture to ask this question. Is it possible that alphas or Templars just didn't feel the need to voice their opinion uh, in terms of their, uh, in terms of, you know, feeling hurt over what I said? Uh, TE users have this thing where they don't like their voice being taken away from them. I actually had an INFP contact me and I went to lunch with him and he literally just explained this to me. I don't like my voice being taken away from me. I don't like my voice squelched out by the noise of other people. I want my voice to matter. And it's like, well, yeah, because your TE inferior ha wants to have its opinion be valuable enough that people will actually desire to have it heard via your any parent, for example. That makes a lot of sense. But TE users in general don't want their voice squelched out. Their opinion is everything to them. Their beliefs and their value systems is everything to them as a result. And, and because of that, they're more, as a result of that, they're more sensitive, uh, you know. Um, TI users will eventually force the issue to be listened to, but only in situations where they know they are right. Um, oftentimes, TI users will actually decide to not voice a concern because they think about it themselves and realize, okay, yeah, I'm not actually correct about that. So I'm just going to, like, I'm going to shut up and not talk about that. So and that's kind of why they do this. Um but that's why TI users are inherently less sensitive per se, you know, when it comes to these discussions. I mean, hell, I told Templar types that they were potential pathetic hypocrites in their, in their uh, lecture. Um, they took it, most of them took it in stride and I'm very thankful for that. It shows strength of character 
uh, within the confines of this specific audience, which I'm very honored to have a community that ha is as thick skinned as we have um, to be able to get through, you know, the fire, the, the, the fire of TI and the icy sword of truth, etc., to be able to, you know, move forward because ultimately all this pruning is making us stronger. Pruning, for example, you know, if you guys don't know, grapevines end up having dead branches. You have to cut the dead branches off to basically save the entire thing. You don't want to have that dead weight, you know. And similarly, you know, like like Jesus said, you know, I have not come here to unite anyone. I have come here to bring a sword. I have come here to divide. I'm dividing uh, uh, husband and wife, father and son, mother and daughter, right? It's because he's telling the truth. He recognizes speaking with candor ultimately alienates people or will cause people to perceive or feel that they have been alienated when the reality situation is Jesus was not actually alienating anyone he was just telling the truth it's not his fault that people would react negatively and feel that they are being alienated by the truth that he is saying luckily he's speaking at it in terms of ti child which is more easily accepted ti parent not so much. So just something to consider, you know, uh, in the difference. I think that's one of the reasons why Socrates, because he has T.I. parent, was encouraged to die, basically, uh, because uh, everyone just got so tired of feeling so alienated at all times, you know, and there is a possibility one day where I will have to uh, drink my own version of hemlock juice, uh, you know, as a result, uh, because of, um, you know, that that potential. Uh, it, it could be a possibility for me because I am basically fulfilling the same archetype for society that, uh, you know, or at least within the confines of this community that Socrates did for the world. No, I'm not putting myself on the same level as Socrates. I'm not doing that. Uh, but I, I'm saying like it's it's interesting how psychologically speaking, the archetypes of, you know, past people are are turned into tropes and then these tropes or these behaviors everyone like literally is this way like forever you know like at all times you know what i'm saying gosh this is a long monologue but anyway um so yeah i don't walk around believing that wayfarers behave this way on a daily basis that all wayfarers do this i just walk around seeing that they potentially uh behave this way um so uh anyway um so Delta Quadra is next up, and I can assure this community that uh, uh, we'll understand that they will probably have it just as hard as the other Quadras, especially when we get into some really heinous topics that we brought up about Delta Quadra. And yes, uh, there will be some serious um, there will be some serious topics about the Delta Quadra. I am a little fearful to talk about it, but I know I have to talk about it because uh, just just recently, actually. Uh, a very close friend of mine what became a victim in a particular situation and honestly i'm not sure the philosopher delta uh, person involved in that situation is even aware that they're doing it um and it's kind of like how i say that enfps are manipulative but let's be honest they don't believe they're manipulative because they don't realize that they come off as manipulative. They don't come off as that used car salesman or they have the potential to come off as a used car salesman, for example. Again, I'm talking about the quadras because people are just not aware of how they come off to others externally. 
It's not like they have a thing that records them every day and they just watch their behavior with other people. But even if they do watch their own behavior in terms of the eyes of other people, they still empathize or sympathize with themselves and their point of view. Remember what I was saying about a certain point of view? There's a reason for that, right? So um, anyway, it, I'll, I'll be honest. It will be a painful but necessary lecture. But again, fear not because episode 10 will tie it all together with a positive ending for each quadra. Um, regardless, I would like to thank the community for their candor towards me. Um, I was called out for ad hominem. Uh, this is a very fair criticism. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to um, Luis, uh, Sydney Shook, Sydney Shook, uh, Vic Ruiz, uh, Robert Moreland, um, and uh, gosh, there are so many others. Uh, Carrie and Katrina. If, uh, if I'm not remembering your name, I apologize. Um, very fair criticism in terms of ad hominem. Um, and just note that it, it was intentional on my part to use ad hominem when I did use it. Um, and I did it in the spirit of fairness. Uh, what I mean by spirit of fairness is that within my own essay, I was stating, you know, hey, I'm going to ad hominem you because I was also ad hominem in the same way within the same context. It was what I was trying to get at. But, you know, I get it. I was called out for poor delivery in the process. And I mean, yeah, my delivery is horrible because SE Demon and I have to continue to train my SI more and more and more to get better at delivery. It's funny. I actually had a member of my staff tell me a couple months ago that it's about damn time that my delivery has gotten as good as it has because it's way better than it used to be. But then some people are really nostalgic towards uh, some of my older lectures as well in terms of delivery. But my FI trickster just has no idea like how to feel about my delivery. And my SI inferior is like, well, I don't know what I should do. I, I'll try this. Remember, I'm an ENTP. I have to trial and error my way through everything. I don't learn from other people's mistakes. I learn from my mistakes. And I need to have the opportunity to remedy them, right? As any TI user would want to have that opportunity. So, um, but yeah, I was called out for poor delivery, fair criticism. I'm not the best at delivery. I was called out for being insensitive, uh, a fair criticism, but I have to sacrifice sensitivity for the sake of candor. I, d I just have to, uh, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't. Um, I was called out for being biased, prejudiced, and a hypocrite. These are all fair criticisms across the board, but also, but so also is every single human being who suffers with the human condition, AKA sin nature. Uh, these are areas where fellow human beings are not different, but closely united. And I talk about how, you know, Jesus said, you know, I have not come to unite, but I have come to bring a sword, right? I, I prefer the sword in this case, you know. And don't forget, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. You know, and people, it's funny, it's funny to me, like when people talk about immortality, because we talked about immortality a lot here in season 17, you know, and how they want to be immortal and not die and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, but even Jesus died, so what gives you the right to think that you should avoid that just throwing that out there and no i'm not trying to be preachy it's funny i was actually accused of coming off preachy because my father was a preacher and yeah he is a preacher but quite frankly actually he's not the reason i get preachy at all um even benjamin franklin who is not who is not really very pro you know church and whatnot he got really preachy, especially when we get up on a soapbox and, uh, you know, talk um, and, uh, you know, during the French and Indian War and talk about how 
unfair, uh, you know, England was being to the colonies, for example. Um, I think it's something that's really in inherent uh, for ENTPs and even ENFPs to be preachy in general. Let's let's be straight. You know, I don't think it has anything to do with my father. And, you know, to his credit, he just recently landed a pastorship and he pastors a church. And uh, it's the first time in his career that he's been a senior pastor of a church. And I haven't seen him preach. Uh, my preaching experiences have mostly been limited to other people, um, people like Mark Driscoll and Mike Acker and uh, Ken Hubbard, for example, those kinds of preachers. Uh, but it really stopped there because I left the church a long time ago and to seek out my own path um, because I honestly really have no desire to go back to church ever. I'll go to a church to speak, which I've been invited to speak at churches, but I will not regularly attend a church ever again. I just, I just won't. So anyway, uh, so uh, human beings aren't, aren't different in these ways. You know, like I said, everyone is biased. Everyone is a hypocrite. Everyone is prejudiced. Um, this is what the human condition is. This is why I do this. This is why I do this channel, right? Uh, it, it's super important, you know, in that regard. Um, people, you know, people spend their whole lives, you know, looking for unity or building unity. And perhaps we need to unite on the fact that we're all flawed in these same ways um, and just unify over forgiving one another and bear an one another's burdens, right? Like, I'm not like putting out my lecture and telling everyone, you know, I'm not cussing them out and I'm not like, er, you know, I'm, you know, you're this and you're that in, th in that regard. You know, it's like, here's some hangups. Might want to fix that, right? Did you know you had these hangups, right? It's, you know, it's like a fruit inspector, you know, or a or a tree inspector, or a, uh, you know, I gotta see if there's any dead branches on that grapevine. Consequently, I would expect anyone if they see a dead branch on my grapevine that they would at least do me the service and cut it off themselves. And you know what? I proved to everyone within the community. Um, uh, in, you know, in some capacity, uh, and, and it wasn't why, it's not why at all, but but if you think about it, the person I'm married to, I married an ESTP. She exposes me all the time, she prunes me all the time, and I definitely am faced with the full fury and force of her TI parent uh, on a daily basis. And it's absolutely necessary for my own personal growth. I love her dearly, and I'm very thankful for her fiery sword of truth because it really, it builds up within me temperance, you know? Again, you know, it's, I keep talking about the book of James. James is an ESTP, right? And it says, consider all joy, my brothers, when you encounter very trials and tribulations, obstacles and pains and suffering in your life, because it will build within you steadfastness and perseverance, right? And, um, and I think that is why she says, you're a man of great character when she tells me this, because she sees how much my introverted sensing inferior turned aspirational has actually endured in my life on a consistent basis and I still keep going, right? Um, so, uh, because I, I, I will not give up. I will not give up. It's funny, like I was even laying in the hospital and um, I, did, uh, I did a coaching session in the hospital, laying on my ho hospital bed <laughs> With a, with a young INTP woman, uh, you know, because, you know, I go out of my way, you know, in that regards. Plus, I'm also really bored at the hospital. It's, it's boring there. And 
I'd rather like have a discussion about psychology with somebody. You know, I think the nurses got pretty annoyed with me after a while. I mean, you can imagine that, right? <laughs> let's let's be straight. So anyway. Um so um, people spend their whole lives looking for unity or building up unity. And uh, we just need to learn how to love one another. And uh, we cannot love one another without understanding one another. This includes impressions and behavior. Why can't I be honest about my own internal struggles with other human beings? Is it because I'm a public figure or someone who's on the path to becoming a celebrity? Not that I even like that because I don't. It means I have to like, be a little bit more paranoid and make be wiser about my decisions, which kind of sucks that I have to do a lot of social management, but it is what it is. I think in the last month alone, I've blocked probably over 250 people. Um, you know, so that's, it's, it's not exactly a fun situation to be in there. But um, anyway, like, this is precisely why I do what I do. This is precisely why I offer as much criticism. This is why I am harsh on top of being TE critic. I have to show everyone here that I am just as much human and flawed as you are. And, you know, don't put me on a pedestal. Understand that I'm merely your brother, your brother in arms, someone else in the trenches with you. I'm not your father. I'm not the general. I'm not your sergeant. I'm not that cool. I'm really not that cool. I'm not Jesus. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not a prophet. I'm just some random guy who had a lot of struggles in my life and I, for the sake of survival, I picked up a skill and I'm sharing the skill with you so that you can improve your life. That's it. Uh, outside of that, you know, take me for what you will. You know, uh, it, it is it is what it is. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so take me down a notch. It's okay, it's, it's fine. I'm, like I said, I'm not that cool. Um, and uh, and if you feel in, uh, offended or insulting as a, as a gentleman on the uh, public Facebook group over the past couple of days, uh, Mr. Petro, uh, you know, I, I understand. I understand people who are frustrated, offended, or insulted by me. I, I get it. I It's hard. It's really hard uh, because, you know, speaking with candor can make someone feel very alienated. It, it sucks. I, I know specifically because... My ESTP mentor and my INFJ mentor burned away all of my beliefs, all of them, all of my spiritual beliefs. They were gone. All of my, um, all of my notions, presuppositions, uh, all of my logical fallacies, uh, everything that was completely wrong about my character, even my manhood, even my boyhood. It was absolutely, you know, just. Uh, completely destroyed and it's nothing like talking to an ESTP where he's calling the question your manhood because it's like oh wow Chase you're homeless and you're homeless with an infant guess what that makes you a loser and it was really harsh and it was really hard but I very much appreciate that pain because it's made me into I am here and now so that I can speak to you this candidly uh, for your benefit right I mean that that is why I do this um so if you feel offended or insulted, I completely understand. Um, I just hope you allow history to be the judge over my actions. This is not the first time I have released controversial material. Uh, but in each case, I had to make a judgment call that would leave me exposed for the flawed human being that I am. 
it just comes with the territory and I have accepted that as my responsibility and my duty to each one of you, you know, as, as members of this community and people who will be taking on this torch or the baton of spreading this psychology worldwide for the benefit of everybody so that every single person can understand themselves, know themselves, um, so that they can love themselves finally and accept themselves for who they are. And then as a result of that, they can do the same for understanding other people. And then as a result of understanding people, they can learn to love their neighbor as themselves. Imagine what would happen to war in that situation. Imagine what would happen to society in that situation. You know, like incoming Star Trek reference, would that get us closer to a Star Trek society? You know, I don't know. Uh, and yes, I am a Trekkie. I, I do like Star Trek, sue me. Uh, but uh, anyway, so like I said, um, I had to make these judgment calls that would leave me exposed for the flawed human being that I am. You know, it just comes with the territory. And I have accepted that as my responsibility and my duty to each one of you. It really is my duty to risk uh, coming off as alienating and risk leaving myself exposed for the flawed human being as I am. But it's all for your benefit. Um, thank you all for everything. Uh, this is not the last time that I will do something controversial like this. Um, I sincerely hope you all are still here for the next time and still here to continue this journey with me as we work together to create that aforementioned unity uh, for a better world. Um, so uh, with that being said, um, I would like to uh, continue uh, with another statement. If I could just open uh, this here. I want to read a, a, a small letter written as a result of the controversy uh, by uh, Miss Berta Grossman. And uh, Berta is an INTJ woman who had, uh, I think, written the, the best response to the situation as present. And I really wanted to share it with the audience. I think it's uh, pretty significant. Um, so she says, quote, Hey, it's nice that you address people's concerns. I'm an INTJ, and the lecture was so valuable to me. It really opened some things up for me. When you said what you said about not changing your opinion about somebody on a whim, it made me realize exactly why one specific man in my life has been so significant and what it is that has made that relationship so light and refreshing, yet deeply meaningful. A couple of months ago, he was annoyed with me because I brought my car in for repairs at our mutual friend's garage, and I never mentioned it. It sounds minor. But he was like, why wouldn't you bring that up when we spoke? I really did actively not mention it, but it's not something I even dwelled on or specifically thought through and decided to keep him from for any conscious reasons. It was like we were talking and I thought of it and I instinctively didn't mention it. I was annoyed when he brought it up, but now I get that I wasn't sharing despite the fact that he deserved to be shared with uh, in that situation since he's the one who introduced me to those friends in the first place. So if I'm going to be a pirate with treasure in a situation that minor, you can imagine how much damage I could do to somebody who cares about me. Anyways, I've always appreciated that he's known me for six years and he's seen me grow and change a lot. I think back on what a dunce I was when we first met and my heart fills with gratitude that he's been there for me and valued me even after seeing me at my most unaccomplished, lowest market value. I'm no angel now, but five years back, I was a straight up brat 
and he has never ever changed his opinion of me, his high opinion of me. It makes me realize how much I view myself and others in terms of market value. And it makes me realize that I'm hoarding against people who love, cherish, and care for me. This lecture in particular has brought into my awareness the idea that I can be absolutely worthless and absolutely loved simultaneously. And in the days since watching it, I have experienced more compassion and appreciation for the people around me. Anyway, I think you've uncovered a lot of really profound stuff in your observations, and you've categorized insights and made them all neat and tidy for us. I see a lot of people dehumanize you on the internet. Some people have even really gone out of their way, and I've noticed that you don't argue back with them in your videos, and you continue to put out your content. For you to post about the criticism you're getting here, but ignore that other stuff, gives me the idea that you care not about your esteem and status, but that you do care about not alienating the people you're trying to help. I normally don't share this much about my personal life or put myself out there like this, but I feel that for somebody who does so much work to dedicate their life to sharing your treasure, your valuable insights, it is worth it and good to share publicly that you have real supporters out there in the form of me, because I know that you read and consider the stuff that people say about you. I hope that you keep going and that your theories can go on into go on to ascend humanity for years and years in the future. God bless and thank you. Thank you, FI child, for your sympathy. I very much appreciate it. I don't often receive gratitude uh, from people uh, with the work that I do. But it's for all of you that I do this. I'm not here to elect myself better someone who is better than you. Actually, far from it. I venerate most of you far above myself. This is why I make statements like, I am not that cool, because it's true. I'm just a man, you know? So, anyway. Now, on to the final act of this live stream. There's... A phantom menace that is something that I haven't really had an opportunity to talk about with people, but I think it is the wisest time to speak about it right now. A phantom menace that plagues every single human being uh, within our race as much as it can be applied to the quadras. My wife, Railgun, is the person who made me very well aware of it, and she lit me on fire because of it. God bless her, because... I would not be able to have the strength or the ability to convey it to you with such candor as I am about to right now. I've stated this multiple times tonight during the stream uh, to make it absolutely clear that yes, I am prejudiced, but so also is every other human being. Why? A concept known as cognitive bias. Cognitive bias. So let's give you some examples of what cognitive bias is. Cognitive bias, and this is something that I would have saved for, you know, a Ruby, uh, the Ruby conference and whatnot, because I save the most cutting edge content for uh, Ruby patrons. But 
I wanted to share some Ruby paid, uh, uh, some Ruby content with you guys now so that you guys kind of understand you know, where I'm coming from. But here's some examples of cognitive bias. Recently, a family member of mine uh, has a tendency to treat his children like, um, like they are his golden pair or like they are his subconscious. When raising his children, and this is very, very relevant to the content of season 17 because as soon as I'm done with Quadras, I'm launching into parenting to finish off season 17. When you're parenting your children, men, for example, when they live vicariously through their children, they do it through their subconscious. They wish their children were more like their subconscious. They wish that they are raising their subconscious so that they can live vicariously through their children, right? But consequently, that's as a result of cognitive bias. What is cognitive bias? Cognitive bias is this. Human beings naturally, and this is nature, this is not nurture, have a tendency to treat people like them own selves, their own ego, or treat people like their shadow, their unconscious, or their golden pair, or treat people like their subconscious, their, their, their duality or their conflict uh, type, who they are polar opposite with, or their superego. People have a natural tendency to treat other human beings like their own four sides of their mind. Why do they do this? It's this instinct that we have inside of our brains to identify people we can learn from, camaraderie, and people we can have deep, meaningful relationships with, compatibility, with, you know, via their unconscious, and camaraderie via the subconscious, and people that we can ultimately aspire to become, to become the absolute best part of ourselves in our angelic form, or people that we need to avoid becoming when we look at our superego. This is a natural, instinctual preference that every human being has, cognitively speaking, right? When this happens, okay, when this happens, people, people end up becoming biased because they assume that everyone reacts or is emotional has the same emotional makeup, makes decisions the same way, perceives the same things that they do. And they just assume everyone else is like them. That's the ego bias, the cognitive ego bias. Cognitive subconscious bias is where they assume everyone else is trying to one-up them and trying to teach them something that they already know or don't want to learn or they find is frivolous or... Um, novel, so they reject it, right? Um, because they're projecting via cognitive bias their subconscious onto other people. When it comes to their meaningful relationships, this includes their parents, their lovers, boyfriends, girlfriends, even children in some cases, they project through cognitive bias their unconscious side of their mind looking at other people because their brain is trying to detect their golden pair so they could be with their golden pair or people close to their golden pair, basically. This is natural. This is why that regardless of psychology, people are naturally attracted to members of their golden quadra, right? And in this case, I'm a crusader, so I would be naturally attracted to wayfarers, right? Yet I did a lecture about wayfarers that uh, I was very candid about some of their potential hangups, right? 
but I chose to marry a Templar. I chose to marry a Templar because I love her dearly. I chose to marry a Templar because I need her in my life. She sets me straight. She also is able to expose my prejudice as a result of my own cognitive bias. Why I'm projecting my ENTP onto other people naturally. Why I'm projecting my INTJ onto other people naturally. Or my ISFJ subconscious naturally. Or my ESFP superego naturally. What this does, cognitive bias as a result, what it does is it actually naturally creates prejudice. Why? Think about it. Birds of a feather flock together, okay? Prejudice is a problem. Do you know why? Think about it. People, When people talk prejudice, they think about color of people's skin. Do they not? Or they talk about nationality or where they come from, uh, you know, location or culture, those kinds of things. But no one talks about psychological prejudice. No one talks about how there exist psychological minorities. The main psychological, most common psychological minority there is, is there's less abstract people than there are concrete people. My wife exposed me for being prejudiced against concrete people. It's true. I admit it. But then again, it's very natural for abstract types to be prejudiced against concrete types. And as much as it is natural for, or for concrete types to be prejudiced against, right? To be prejudiced against, uh, you know, um, abstract types. Who's right? You see? There's cognitive minorities. You know, this is why people who claim to be highly sensitive people are claiming to be the smallest minority. Some ways they're kind of right. And that's why they own that label, highly sensitive person, right? Even though I kind of disagree with that label entirely from a TE critic point of view, but I understand why they cling so hard to that label. I understand. As much as anyone clings to any of the other labels that they've received through diagnoses or, uh, or phobias or whatever plagues them as their human being as they're trying to trudge through this life and get through their human condition. You know, human beings, like, I, I naturally believe in human beings' capability for good as much as I believe in their capability for evil. But the thing is, is that prejudice is a thing. Just because we solve, you know, civil rights and we solve uh, prejudice in terms of color of skin or culture does not mean that we've solved psychological minority prejudice, you know, where I have to have SJ doctors tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't have credentials, where they literally tell me to my face that you can't be a patient advocate for yourself because you lack the training and the credentials that I have. Did you go into six years of medical school? I think not. Therefore, we're going with my medical opinion, not yours, even though you're the patient. I have personally experienced this multiple times. And it's not just with health, medical practitioners within the state of California or, or the state of Washington where I was born. It has nothing to do with that. It's because it's part of our culture. Sometimes culture and nurture impacts our prejudices against psychological minorities. Well, let's look at Japan, where the psychological minority, the prejudice there is, is that the minority is preferred. That's why it's an NJ society. They prefer NJs over everybody else, right? So that's the reverse, you see? So it's, it's really frustrating, but this is 
something that everyone in this community needs to be aware of. Psychological minorities exist. Psychological prejudice exists. And it comes as a result of cognitive bias. That's where it comes from. Where everyone has the internal instinct and it could almost be seen as a need. But if we're talking about Nietzsche versus needs versus wants, it's actually a want. Where it's just their first inclination to project their four sides of the mind to other people to help their mind better detect who are the people they want to have better relationships with. People to learn from, people to uh, utilize as, I really want to be like that person, or, oh, no, I don't want to really be that person, to identify role models, and also identify people they have long-lasting, close, intimate, and meaningful relationships with. That's what it's all about, folks. That, and that's why we have cognitive bias. It's actually a survival mechanism. No human being can get away with not being biased. No human being can get away with not being a hypocrite. No human being can get away with not being prejudiced. So by my own example and exposing my flaws to you before this community, I hope you understand the value of what it is I'm saying to you now. Psychological prejudice exists as a result of psychological minorities, as a result of cognitive bias, our own internal survival mechanism that we use to form relationships with fellow human beings because our race was not designed for any one human being to do it all. Because it is through relationship that we are ever to get anything accomplished whatsoever, including the Wayfarer treasure hunters who I did criticize in the Season 17 lecture for some of them, especially, for example... ISFPs and INTJs for thinking that they can do everything on their own. And probably INTJs the most, let's be honest. But even in some cases, ESFPs have that as well. But, I mean, come on, when you're developing your INTJ subconscious, it makes sense, right? So, I'm not saying these things to harm. I'm saying these things to love by promoting understanding, because it is only through understanding that we will be able to love our fellow human beings. So anyway, folks, that's uh, basically everything that I wanted to uh, get at uh, for this evening. So thank you for humoring me. Thank you for being members of my audience. Thank you for being patrons. Thank you for putting up with me. I'm not perfect. I'm just a man. That's all I am. So Thank you very much uh, for your time and patience and your candor. Uh, I very much look forward to our future of mutual uh, exchange and ultimately mutual respect. Um, I, I very much am thankful for everything this community does on a daily basis, as well as continuing to sharpen me uh, and make me better, you know, because as iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another. So with that being said, folks, you have a good night.